0: I tell you this morning, uh, before we get into it, I want you to, uh, you can put your hand on Hebrews 11, but also, we're really going to be today is Exodus 2. Uh, the Lord just put this woman on my heart uh, probably two weeks ago, and I Chris told me in the office, he said, You just keep saying the word Jochebed. You just like saying Jochebed. And I said, I guess I do. But I, I'm telling you, Jochebed, uh, who is Moses' mother, just got me stirred up today, is not just as a uh, for moms, but also for just parents. Uh, there, I believe Jochebed could talk to us today. She would say, I know a little something about trying to raise children in a world that hates God. I can tell you a little something about trusting God with your children. I can say something a little bit about God, though, that he is faithful. Uh, and I believe Jochebed has something for us today that we can learn Uh, I believe this is going to be a practical sermon this morning, but I also believe it's going to be a convicting sermon, but also a challenge, but also um, encouragement, Uh, and we need it. Uh, I get to the joy of getting to be the youth pastor, and during this time, you see a lot of goods. You see the best. Uh, You see kids, man, there's nobody that can fulfill you with more happiness than some youth do. But there's also uh, no more that will fill you with more dread than the youth do. Uh, It's an up and down thing. I'm just going to be honest with you. Can I be honest? Uh, There's times where it's like, man, this is great. And there's times where this is terrible. And I think that's the same thing with raising children. It is not easy. Uh, It is hard. There's a lot of ups and downs. There's just a lot of times where you're saying, I don't know what to do. Now, (coughs) I'm sorry. But this morning... I hope this sermon is a, an encouragement to all parents, um, but mostly moms, but all parents. Uh, and, and I know that there's different stages of life in here. There's some that have lost their, their moms. This is still for you. Um, there's some that have lost their children. This is still for you. Uh, it's to all those. And you say, well, it's even to those. I don't have kids. It's still you too. If you've got some kid in your life that you love, that you feel responsible for, that you want to lead right, this is for you. And I hope and pray that God does something with it today. But first, I want you to turn to Hebrews 11. Uh, This is the hall of faith. Uh, We see the hall of faith, and we see all these great men and women of faith. Uh, We see names like Abel. We see names like Noah. We see names like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Sarah and Joseph. But in verse 23, it switches, but it says, By faith, Moses, and we say, well, I know Moses is in the hall of faith. But it says, when he was born, he was hid three months of his parents because they knew, because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. Let me tell you something. There's something very strong in that verse. Before there was a Moses, there was a mom and a dad. Before there was a great uh, moment where Moses took his people out of bondage, there was a mom and dad who were faithful. And in that moment, they said they are in the hall of faith because they were not afraid of the king's command. Let me tell you something, my friends, that we are in a time today where the king of this world is trying to tell us how we're going to raise our kids, what the end is going to be for our children, but I believe that God is raising up moms and dads to say, I am not afraid of the king's command, and I'm going to raise my family for God, and I'm not going to be broken down by what this world is telling me, amen? And I believe that if we start to do that again and not get our advice from some book, not get our advice of how to raise children from some politician, to not get our way we're going to raise our kids from some school book, but to go back to the God's book and to say that I'm going to raise my children the way God has intended me to, to, to raise them. And I don't care what happens to me. I'm going to trust God all the way because I'm going to do what God has told me to do. But in verse 23, we see Moses' parents his, their, their names are not even mentioned. But we know that their name is Amram and Jacobed. I'm going to focus on Jochebed today. Her name means Jehovah glorified. I think I want to be a person that glorifies God. Amen? I want to be a man, and we need to be the parents that glorify God in all that we do. She was not afraid of the king's commands. Guys, before we get into this, I want you to understand the background. Go over to Exodus 2. Exodus 2. The first, over there in chapter 1, verse 8, it says, Now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. Now I want you to focus on that verse for a little bit. The two biggest things that's going to lead into this sermon is, one, she was not afraid of the king's command. Two, which is this verse 8, it says that, And the king knew not Joseph. You say, well, why does that matter? Because in just a little bit of time, time had changed. Joseph was a man that had great relationships with Israel. He was a man that uh, when Israel came in, we know the story of Joseph. We know what he had came through. And, he, and God had taken him to a very high level in uh, Egypt. But all of a sudden, man, he had a great relationship with God's people. He was part of God's people. But in just a very short amount of time, that had all changed. The Bible says that this king knew not Joseph. Well, guys, I hate to tell you, and I know you know this, but in just a short amount of time, we are living in a society that has forgotten God. In just a very short amount of time, I can remember back to when I was 10 or 11, 12, 13 years old, and I look back to where we are now, we are living in a foreign land. In just a very short amount of time, the the world has changed. They don't know the things of God. Or maybe they're admired by, they they like the things of God, but they don't know Him. We're living in a time where in just a short amount of time, can you imagine just one more generation? Look where we have fallen in this short of time. Just one more generation, we could be living in a time where nobody knows the things of God. That's a dangerous place to be in. Well, Jochebed will tell you that that's the world that I grew up in. That's the world that I was trying to raise my children in. That's the kind of world that Moses was brought up in. This new king over Egypt knew not Joseph. And in just a few generations, the ways of God can be forgotten. The Israelites were now enslaved. The Israelites were now mistreated and beaten. The Israelites now were in a time where the peace was gone and the Israelites were no longer respected. Sound familiar? The conflict between God's people and Satan was raging. Sound familiar? The Pharaoh saw the Hebrews as a threat to his throne. Enslave, he said. Kill the boy babies, he said. In just a few short years, they will be extinct. That's the kind of world that Jochebed was trying to raise her children in. and a world where the king said, at my command, the moment that you have a boy baby, I want you to go throw him into the Nile and I want him to be devoured by crocodiles or snakes or drown or whatever it takes. Get rid of your children. And Jochebed was in a time where she's seen the other people doing that. She must have seen her friends and her aunts or her uncles or her buddies or whoever it was. There were some faithful, but there was many that wasn't. There was a time where they were trying to be hush-hush and they were trying to protect the Israelite babies and they were doing their best. But no doubt that that king was successful in some of the deaths. Boy, I, could you imagine growing up in a time where, oh yeah, you know Bill and Susie just had a baby. It was a boy and they cried. Because they knew, because they were going to have to listen to the king's command, that that baby was going to be killed. Because they were scared to death of the Israelite people, that they were going to rise up and to be so strong that he was going to take over what this Moses and not Moses, what these pharaohs had set up. Guys, I want you to understand something. There is a lot of familiarity that we are living in today. There is a society that wants our children. There's a society that is expecting you to give them your children. There's a society that tells you how to raise your children. There's a society that tells you what to expect from your children. There's a society that says, you know what? You are stupid and I know best and you better listen to me. And what we need to do is say, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to listen to my God and my Savior. And I'm going to continue to raise my children in the ways of the Lord and not in the ways of man. Jochebed faced with this task of raising a child for God in an ungodly society. And I believe that's where we can relate today of what do we do now? What do we do for our children now? Guys, I relate to you because I worry about my girls. I worry about them. I stress about them. And when they were little bitty, I worried about them. And I dreaded the day that I had to send them to school. And, you know, and there's times that I I wanted to be able to pull them out, and it just God just hasn't allowed me to do that. You know, there's times where we think, you know, okay, we're going to put them in homeschool. That's good. That's amen. I hope and pray that maybe we can all do it. But not everybody can do that. I believe that's a calling that sometimes God puts on our life. But either way, there is a world coming after them, either here, now, or later. And God is going to tell us some simple points to learn from Jochebed, that we can start to instill in our hearts to say that I can trust God and that I can uh, rely on him. But every year that we are in today, it seems to get harder. But guys, I want you to understand that there is hope. There is hope for this generation. There is hope for you. And there is hope amongst this mess. But let's pray. And I pray that God blesses this. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, again, thank you for your blessings that you give us. Lord, I ask you, God, to be with each and every single parent here in this room. Lord, I pray for each mom here today. Lord, the the mom that is in that stage where she just had her baby, amen, that she's, she's, she's just enjoying every second of it. But, Lord, even that mom at a young age starts to worry, Lord, be with my baby. Lord, as they grow, we have to send them off. We have to let them go into society, and we can't protect them always. And, Lord, that's where it comes where we must trust you. We've got to take our hands off and let you do as you will. But Lord, let us trust you. Let us walk by faith. And Lord, protect our kids. In Jesus' name, amen. In verse, The first point I want you to understand today is that we must hide them as long as you can. Look in verse Exodus 2, 1 through 2. And it says, And there went a man of the house of Levi, and took a wife, a daughter of Levi." And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him, that he was a a goodly child, she hid him for three months. Okay, so we're going to see the story of Jochebed. She's now had Moses. Now she don't know what to do. She's saying, Lord, what do I do? And the Bible says that she hid him for three months. Guys, I want you to understand that we must hide our children as long as we can. Okay? So quick are we to let our kids grow up. So quick are we so fast to put things in their hands that they're not ready for. So fast are we ready to give them freedom uh, to things that they're not ready for. Guys, we must get back to common sense and protect our children as long as you can. Now, there's going to be a moment in step two where you can't always protect them. But right now and right here, when you've got a small child and you've just brought them home, protect that baby as long as you possibly can. Don't put them into the world that they're not ready for. You're the mom. You're the dad. You raise them as what God has called you to raise them. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, 4, it says, Bring them up in discipline and instruction of the Lord. That's not always easy, but every child needs discipline. Every child needs instruction. And I know it's not easy to whoop a kid. I know it's not easy to discipline a kid. I know it's hard. But let me tell you something. I'm proud and I'm, ex- I'm happy that my dad whooped me when I was a kid. I remember the time. I was 15 years old. I've told the youth this. I thought I was in that age where I was like, you know what? I know everything, Daddy. I can do anything I want, Daddy. And I'm telling you, my dad, if you know my dad, he's big and he's strong. And I'm telling you, you don't don't cross him. He's real nice and he's real friendly until you make him mad. And I made him mad a lot when I was young. (laughs) And I remember there was a time our our shop had burnt down. We'd spent all summer building this shop. It burnt down. Mama was burning trash, of all things. The trash floated into into the hay. The barn went up in flames. The four-wheeler was gone. All of it was gone. And I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> But we started to rebuild this barn, this shop. It was pretty awesome because I remember a lot of people from the church came and helped. And, but, you know, a lot of it fell on me and Dad. You know, Dad was like, okay, son, I'm going to make you get up and you're going to work. I don't want to work. It's hot. <laughs> it's <laughs> hard. And I remember Dad got me one morning and he said, son, tomorrow morning you're going to be up here. At 7 o'clock, I'm going to be on this barn waiting on you. And we are going to work all day long. Because I done asked him. I said, well, Dad, I want to go out on a date. Well, I'll pay you a little bit, but you're going to work for your money, and you're going to earn, and I'll give you a little bit of money. And I, got, I was like, okay, Dad, I'm going to get up at 7 in the morning. And he said, now you get up, and you be ready to work. Okay, Dad, I got it. And, yeah, and I stayed up all late. I stayed up all night. I didn't set my clock, my alarm, the old school alarms. We didn't have our phones, a little, you know, I didn't set it. (laughs) 7 o'clock had done rolled by. 8 o'clock had done rolled by. 9 o'clock had done rolled by. 10 o'clock had done rolled by. And I finally woke up out of bed. I said, well, Dad, why wouldn't you come wake me up? He wasn't going to wake me up. He's going to see if I would obey him. And then if I listened to his instruction, and I said, okay. And I got up, guys. I put my basketball shorts on. I put the baggiest old T-shirt on. I didn't comb my hair. I didn't put no deodorant on. And I put flip-flops on out of all things. I know, I know. And I go waltzing out that door at 10 o'clock. I'm ready to work, Dad. And guys, I've never seen my dad move so fast. As he was up on the ladder in the barn, I said, Dad's coming off that ladder real fast. I said, he's coming. Oh, where's he doing? He's coming towards me. <laughs> and I was a big old tall 15 year old boy. And I remember my dad grabbed me by the neck. And y'all would have thought it was abuse. But he put me in my place. And he said, Son, don't you ever come to work wearing flip flops again. <laughs> it was a rough day, guys. And I think at the end of it, I never got paid either. He said, You ain't getting nothing. <laughs> But God's discipline is real. And I'm thankful for those times. Even when we get older, even when we're not babies no more, that I could have had a dad that said, son, it's okay, don't worry about it, you're good. No, my dad told me what was right, and he instilled the fear of God in me. I'm gonna tell you something, we need some families today that will instill the fear of God back in their homes. (laughs) Nobody fears God anymore. And I'm going to tell you, that's instilled in the home where that dad or that mom says, son, I know that I serve God, but right under him, I'm the God of this house under him. And I'm going to teach you what it means to respect authority. And I'm going to teach you what it means to have respect for people, but also to love God. Amen. But we are so quick to let our children grow up and to grow up faster than they need to. We're also so tough, it is so difficult. Now, I'm not preaching against you on this because I struggle with it too. Guys, we are so busy. We have never been a busier society. I mean, we spend all of our time running and running and running and running. And I wonder, I have conversations with my wife all the time. I said, honey, what are we going to regret one of these days? Am I going to regret that I didn't have them in every single thing that they could have done at school? Or am I going to regret that we never had dinner around the table? Am I going to regret that we're running them here, running them there? Or am I going to regret that we never had any time at home? Am I going to regret it? And guys, I think our time is going so fast because we are so busy. And the little things that God has called us to do, we no longer get to do. The simple things... Guys, when I, was tw- when I was 10 years old here in Lebanon, Tennessee, we didn't have that many restaurants, man. It was Gondola and it was Sunset. and That's pretty much it, and Snow White. And you know, during that time, I didn't even get to go out to eat, but once a month, Mama always cooked. She always did what she was going to do. And like we- when we got to go out to eat, I was like, woo, this is exciting. And now we live out of a bag. My doctor told me that I was living out of a bag. I'm telling you, I'm, we're all guilty of it. My doctor told me, he said, son, you're putting on a little weight. I said, I know, doc. And why are the doctors so skinny? I'm like, come on, you don't know me. And he said, son, you know, when you go buy that, 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 that fast food, you got to have a little bit of composure. You got to just say no. I said, doc, I can't do it. And so anyways, but I got, I'm getting off chasing the rabbit there. Sorry. But nights at home seem to be a rarity in an unbalanced world. We have got to bring balance back to our homes and back to our life. At a young age, we must guard their eyes, we must guard their ears, and we must guard their minds. Parents' job is to mold their children. Guys, it is not the youth pastor's job to mold your children. It is not the leaders of our youth to mold your children. It is nobody's job to mold your children other than you. Guys, we stand up here today, almost all of us probably had that moment where we dedicated a baby. Maybe we all need to get back out that that, that certificate that we had and to say, Lord, I remember the oath that I made for you, that I was going to raise my children in the ways of the Lord. Just because I make my children go on a Sunday night or go on a Wednesday doesn't mean that we're molding them for the Lord. Guys, we have got to actively be molding our children because society, friends, media, phones, they will all raise them for you if you let them. And that is what is happening. We are forfeiting what God's responsibility is for our life, and we're letting society raise our children for us. And now we are reaping that society. And it is a dangerous time, and it is a hard time, but they will do it. And now, guys, I understand, too, with the phones. My daughter just got a phone. She's 12, and I hate it. I did. I fell into it. But I will say, try to keep those things out of your, your kids' hands as long as you can. Yeah. And you say, well, Brandon, I try to lock it down. You better, you better lock it down where all they can do is to call and somehow get a hold of you. I don't know what to do. But other than that, lock it down. Those things are the, I'm not supposed to say the devil. They are. Social media is awful. Social media has created a monster in our society. You say, Brandon, you sound like an old man. I guess I do. But I'm telling you guys, we have got to protect our children. And if you let them go to school, there's always some crafty kid that can get around everything that you're doing. Every kind of thing that you're trying to protect them from, there's some crafty kid that knows how to, oh, let me tell you something, I know how to get past this. And They do. And so you must actively pick up that phone and say, I'm going to look at this at every moment. Snapchat, I'd get rid of that real quick. I hate it. I'm sick and tired of seeing. I'm getting off of it. I'm going to stay on topic. Here we go. But if we don't actively raise our children, the world will. But let our children be as children as long as possible. Let them enjoy the things that they get to be kids for for one moment in time. Childhood is here today, and it is gone tomorrow. All of us of adults right here would say, I just miss innocence. But yet we are spitting our children through innocence as, long, as quick as we possibly can. Guys, we are kids for a moment in time. And you got your entire life. They got their entire life to be adults. And I promise, them, I tell them all the time, you're going to get it. You're going to get your wants. You're going to get your wishes for the rest of your life. But you only get to be a kid Once. So let our children be his children as long as we can. Jochebed was holding on to Moses as long and as tight as she could until she couldn't no more. But as he started to cry, as he started to get uh, louder, as she was starting to worry about the guards, look in verse 3 through 4. And it says, And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch. And she put the child therein, and she laid it into the flags by the riverbank brink. And his sister stood afar off to witness what would be done to him. So, guys, I want you to understand there comes a day where you can no longer protect them. You want to protect them as long as you can. You got your babies, they're little, protect them as long as you can. But then they become older. Then you got to send them to school. Then you got to put them on the teams. Then you got to do all these things that we do. And you can't always protect them, right? You can't always be with them. You can't always fight their battles. You can't always be with them every single moment of every second. So guys, what did Jochebed do? She knew that she could no longer hide Moses, but she knew that she was going to have to trust God with Moses. And she started to say, what am I going to do? And we know that she made that ark And she put it in the water. But before we get there, Moses' cry was getting louder. But by faith, she trusted God with her son. School comes. Bad influences come. Life hits our homes. And as hard as we try, the world just keeps knocking. Is this just me or is it y'all? I'm telling you, the world is always beating. But that's where faith must step in. That is where it says in Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Jochebed didn't understand, but she was trusting God. Guys, I want you to understand that Jochebed loved Moses just more as much as you love your own children. Now I see moms and dads all the time come to me and they say, Brandon, I'm worried about my child. I'm worried about my son. I'm worried about my daughter. It's destroying our home, and this is real life. And I don't know what to do. And all I can do is think of Jochebed, because she was worried sick about Moses. She said, God, you've given him to me, and now I'm going to have to give him back, and I don't know what to do. They're going to kill him, and I can no longer hide him. And she made this basket, and she put the slime and the pitch all around it. And guys, I want you to understand what that slime and pitch really means. Because that was to keep the water. We know what the water meant for Noah. That water, when he said that he put the slime and the pitch all over the ark, was to keep judgment out. It was to keep atonement. It was for God's protection. And, guys, we must understand when she was putting that all over that ark, she was praying to God. She said, Lord, protect my boy. Don't let the judgment in, don't let the water in. But, Lord, I'm giving him to you. Guys, there comes a time where you cannot protect your children any longer. But we serve a God who is mighty and who is true. And there comes a time where we must have to learn to give God our children and to send them on, trusting him to do as he will with them. And that is the hardest thing that you'll ever have to do. But you cannot live their life for them. They got to choose for themselves. But they got a mom and daddy at home always praying. They got a mom and daddy at home always seeking God. They know that there's a place to come home to. But I see so many people that whose lives are being destroyed by their children. There comes a time, say, son, daughter, it's time to go. And that's the hardest thing that you'll ever have to do. But we cannot condone sin. We shall not condone sin in our homes or anywhere else. I'm going to get real honest with you. There was a time in my life when I was young that I was not living the way that I should have been living. And I had my dad come up to me. He knew where I was struggling. He knew what I had done. And he said, son, I will always love you. There's nothing you can ever do that will make me not love you. But I will not stand and ever condone the sin in your life. And if you're going to be here, you're going to go by my rules or you can hit the door running. And I had a choice to make. I was either going to listen to daddy or I was going to try to hit the world by myself. But I'm thankful today that I had a dad and a mom that put, like I said, the fear of God in me, that I knew what was best for me. But Jochebed didn't understand, but she trusted God. She put the slime in the pitch, which means that kafar, to keep Moses dry to keep the Lord, the Lord, to keep him safe. Lord, I'm trusting in your will for his life. We've seen that just like Noah, that meant atonement. The water represented judgment. And she placed him in the water. You say, well, Brandon, okay, I'm at this place where I'm having to place my kids in the water. What do I do now? I'm scared. I want to get in the basket with them. I want to float with them. I don't want to have to put them in this water. This water was nasty, man. This water was full of crocodiles. This water was full of snakes. The Nile River is not something you just want to go swimming in. And she had to place him in this place. And she had to trust God in that moment. The Lord, he is yours. He don't belong to me. He belongs to you. And as she sent him off, I can just imagine what that mama was doing. I believe she hit her knees at the bank and started praying. God, I ask protection over him. Lord, I ask you, God, to convict his heart. Lord, I ask you, God, to to convict him of his sins. Lord, I ask you, God, to lead him and to guide him. And Lord, if it's your will, I would love to see him again. But if it's not, it's okay. I'm putting him in your hands. Guys... We are in a time where we desperately need to return to prayers in our home. And I don't want to talk about me all the time. I know people get sick of hearing, like, Brandon, I want to hear stories about you and all that. That's what I relate to. That's what God's, when I'm studying, I'm like, oh, I see God in my life here. I see what God was doing in my life. And I hope and pray that you can see what God was doing in your life as well but I remember the days where I was all floating by myself doing what I wanted to do. But I also remember in those moments where I was going wild or I was doing what I wanted, I could feel mama's prayers all over me. I could feel her saying, son, there's better in your life. I could feel her saying, son, this is not what you need. I could feel her convicting me, God convicted me through those prayers. And I believe Jochebed was praying for Moses. God protect him. God lead him. But God, he is yours. Imagine the prayers that she had. And then in verse 5 through 9, we see, And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself of the river. And her maidens walked along by the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the babe wept right at that moment. And she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrew children. And said, and then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call thee a nurse of a Hebrew woman, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go, and the maid went and called the child's mother. What a miracle that is that Jochebed was willing to trust God with Moses, but God was faithful enough to bring that boy back home. That she said, God, here he is. I don't have anywhere to do, but I'm going to trust in you. I don't know where to go, I don't know where to turn, but God, here he is. And God in that moment said, Go get a Hebrew woman so she can take care of this child. And Miriam said, I know a woman. And she took baby Moses right back to his mother. And she must have said, God is good. In the right moment, Moses cried and the daughter of Pharaoh melted. Immediately, a woman was called to take care of this child, and that woman was Jochebed. And the rest is history. We know what happened with Moses. We know how God used him in a mighty way to deliver his people. But it all started with a mom that was faithful. It all started with a mom that said, I'm not going to let the world have my son, I'm not going to let society have my son. And aren't you happy today that she did not allow that to happen? And we see Moses and the life that he lived. Now, guys, there's a, I'm just going to be honest with you. There's a world that wants your children. And they are vying for your children. And I don't care how little they are or how big they are. You tell God right now, God, I need your help to raise them. And you tell Satan right here, right now, you are not going to take my children. You are not going to destroy my family. And I'm not going to bow down to society's wants. So maybe you're a mom today and you're trying to hide your baby. Maybe you're in that stage of your life. They're little and they're young. You say, I'm trying to hide them. Hide them. You keep hiding them. You keep raising them the way you want, or you need to raise them. You keep their eyes and their ears as clean as you possibly can. You say, "Well, Brandon, I can't hide my children anymore. They're to that point where I'm having to send them to school. I'm having to trust God with them. They're in a rough, nasty place." Let me tell you something, my friend. You keep praying. You keep trusting God. And it doesn't matter what dirty that they come across or what nasty they come across or what their eyes have to hear. They're going to know that there's still a place at mom and daddy's house that they can go and that they can rest. And they know that you love God and they will never, ever forget that. And so you say, well, Brandon, maybe I've had to send them off. Maybe I'm to the point in my life I've had to send them away. My friend, that's where our faith in God must come in for ourselves we got to learn to trust God and His will for our life. I talk about that all the time. Trust God in, for His will in our life. Trust God. It's the hardest thing you'll ever do. It's not easy to trust anybody else. We want to have the control. My friend, there's some times in life you don't have control. And you just got to surrender it to trust in God. And so if you have somebody here today, you said, I've sent them off. Trust in God. Trust that he is all-knowing. Trust that he has a plan, as hard as it is. You say, well, Brandon, I have a prodigal. There's a lot of people today that have prodigals in their homes. Their kids have went astray. Their kids have went wild. They've done as we, their own way. Guys, all I can do is tell you during that time is to be praying for them, but to not let it destroy your home. To lean on your husband, to lean on your wife, to keep loving God and say together we're going to make it through this. Because what Satan would love to do is he would love to separate moms and dads. He would love to separate spouses. He would love to break apart the home completely. But guys, you must remain unified together as you raise that child And know that God has a better plan and that he has a plan. Even though we don't know it, but we're going to trust in him. And let them know that, son, daughter, I'm never going to condone your sin, but there's always a place to come home to. And when you come home, mom and daddy will be there waiting for you. Amen? And then so maybe you are just in a time of praying. Keep praying. And maybe you've seen God's plan fulfilled completely. Maybe you're somebody in here today that could give a witness That my kid was that kid, my daughter was that daughter, but today God has got them by the hand and they are no longer who they were, but they are who God has made them to be. We don't have to be that. Who here in this room could say, for all the encouragement of others, that you're happy today you are not who you were years ago? Oh, amen. Amen. There's a lot of us here today that if our we, secrets were told, we would say, oh, I don't know what he's going to hear of that because I ain't always been what God has got me to be now. But God is faithful. And I believe that all of us right here in this room, right now in this moment, we could look back over time and see God's provision working a little at a time, working us. So if you were somebody here today, know that God's plans will be fulfilled. But wherever you are and whoever you are, keep praying, keep seeking, and keep trusting God. Amen? We're going to go into a time of invitation. I know that was not a salvational message, but I just believe that our people today need encouragement in a society in which we are in, that our children are our prized possessions. They are what God has given us, and we worry ourselves sick about them. The best thing that we can do for them is to pray and to pray hard for them. You say, well, Brandon, what do I pray for? Pray for their repentance. Pray for their protection. Pray for God's will in their life. This is something that we no longer do hardly any. Pray for their future spouse. Pray for the one that they're going to marry. Pray for God to send that right man or that right woman into their life one day. Pray for your future grandchildren. Pray for God to do as he will in your life and help you to trust in his will. And if you're somebody that's older today and you say, Brandon, I've lived this life. I've been here. I've done that. Why don't you grab a young couple by the hand and say, God will see you through it. God will see you through to the other side. You just got to trust him. Guys, there's a whole generation of people that are bombarded by this mess all the time. And the last thing we need to do is get used to it. And the last thing we need to do is accept it. But let us go back to God's word and to say, Lord, keep us on your path and your ways. And Lord, you lead us as you want us to go. And I believe that the power of prayer in God's people is powerful. But we got to be willing to pray to a God that can. Amen. So whatever God's calling you to do, you say, Brendan, I, I, I hardly ever pray with my family no more. Why don't you grab your family and say, we're going to pray. Whatever God is calling you to do, you say, Brendan, I, I need to be a member of this church. I've never stepped out on faith to be a member. Come. Don't sit there in your pew and never be used by God. Come. You say, why is it important? Because joining a local church helps you use the gifts that God's given you. Because a lot of times we're not using them out there, but being a part of a local church and a local body helps you grow, but it also helps you use your gifts. Come. And you say, well, Brandon, okay, I, I, I need to do that. Maybe you're somebody needs to be baptized. David talked about that last week. If we've never followed Jesus in obedience after we've been saved, we've never followed him in the first step. How in the world do we think anything else is going to be right? Follow him in obedience. And you say, well, Brandon... I don't know what in the world you're talking about. I don't know. Let me tell you something. There's somebody in this room here today that's lost. You've never made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. You've never made Him number one. Now, as we tell the kids in VBS, you've never made Him the boss of your life. You know who the boss of your life is. You know who runs your life. You know who is in control. Is it God? Or is it yourself? Is it others? Or is it Jesus? My friend, the Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I believe that it is very important. You don't have to. You don't have to come up here. But there's something very important about making it public before everybody else. There's very something very important about that moment where you were scared and you were afraid, but God is convicting you by name. And in that moment, you trust him by faith and you take one step. And I'm telling you, he saves you from the seat down here. But you have got to trust in him. Saying, God, here I am. Don't just hide it to yourself, but make him be known. And let everybody know, I am coming trusting Jesus to save me. So whatever God's calling you to do today, you come. And I'm done. Let the Lord's will be done. Y'all come, y'all stand, and let's sing.